NFL Week 3 is in the books, which means PFF has data and grades for every single player who logged a snap last week. What can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards, our grade-powered projections, cover probabilities, and betting values. Zero to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team. Our player prop tool, which shows plus-minus value for every NFL prop, and so much more. Check out the highest graded players from week three and look to find early value on spread picks and player props for week four. Welcome in College Football Saturday. It's week 12. As always, I'm joined by Anthony Trash, and we are going to preview the best bets that we have for you coming up on this Saturday slate of college football action. Of course, everything that you can find from us is on PFF Greenline, NCAA Greenline. Make sure you check out that product as well. That's going to get you set with the best game spreads and totals uh, for your Saturday betting action. And last week, Tresh, we had, uh, you know, a pretty decent week. I think you were basically, you know, 500, maybe right above 500. Uh, one pick kind of swinging your way. I don't want to toot, toot my own horn too much, but Michigan pick'em came through. Miami didn't come through against uh, Florida State, unfortunately. But then Old Dominion Moneyline plus 220 hit. Air Force minus 2.5 also hit. So it's definitely in the black firmly for both of our picks, which I think is a great thing. And we are uh, going to find some more winners here in Week 12. How are you kind of feeling, you know, initially about the overall slate? Do you have any, you know, thoughts on the college football playoff rankings that we saw earlier this week? Or... Uh, how are you kind of shaping up here for Week 12? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I think the games that I like the most are some stinkers. But, hey, for me, I, I, okay. I like stinkers. You know, I'm a college football junkie. But right. as far as the college football playoff rankings go, I, there's a real chance we could see a pretty significant shakeup after this weekend. I mean, we have Utah at home against Oregon, the number three ranked team in the CFP. And Utah's three-point favorites. And so it's going to be interesting. Right. Yep, definitely. And I agree with you. And, you know, of course, we got the showdown in the Big Ten, Michigan State at Ohio State. Maybe we'll start there. A little bit of, you know, marquee action happening in college, you know, college football week 12. So Michigan State, Ohio State, uh, do you like either of the, you know, the spread or total in this matchup? How are you kind of evaluating uh, this particular one? Is this a spot where, you know, C.J. Stroud, that Ohio State offense is going to be able to run away from Michigan State? They are 19-point favorites. I don't think Michigan State is going to be all that... Uh, great of a team playing from behind, which is kind of the expectation. So uh, maybe if the game goes under the 68 and a half point total, that's how Michigan State keeps it close. But uh, what's the scenario where you could potentially be backing Michigan State here? And what do you think needs to happen in this matchup? Yeah, I don't know if I can back Michigan State. If anything, I'm going to lean with Ohio State. Um, but I'm not going to, I don't know if I'm going to touch it yet. I mean, they're getting they're favored by 19 points. And I think what I'm looking for in this matchup is kind of how Ohio State plays offense. And when I say that this past week um, against Purdue, you know, C.J. Stroud, you know, his box score was through the roof. You look at it, you probably think, oh, my goodness gracious, this guy went off. He went berserk. He had elite performance because he had what, 31, 38, 361, five tuds, no interceptions. But he only had a 76.7 passing grade, which is good, but it's nothing special. And you kind of dive deeper into the data and you watch it, marry it with the, tip, the film, and you can kind of see like, oh, it was mostly the scheme and the playmakers around him. I mean, 6.8 average depth of target, 2.15 second average time to throw. How, over about half of his pass plays were either an RPO or play action concept. So I think that they're probably going to do the same thing against Michigan State and understanding. You know, I, I think, you know, they are, they're starting to realize C.J. Stroud is not going to elevate the team. Um, he does need a little bit of help, but they have the pieces in place to give him that help and really be you know, one of the best offenses in college football. 
um, if not the best. So I think that they're going to continue to help them out in this way. And that's their, in the way that's going in their best interest, really, um, considering what CJ Stroud is, at least right now, that's not to say long term, he doesn't have a high ceiling. So I think that's the way they're going to play. Um, I'm going to be curious to see if they do end up doing that. Um, but it's, at the end of the day, the only side I think I would be comfortable touching would be Ohio State minus 10. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. So, that, so that if you think Ohio State's going to win by probably, you know, three touchdown differential or something, do you like over 68.5? Or it's, is it basically a spot where it's really going to be only Ohio State offensively and they're probably going to run away from Michigan State, but not necessarily score enough themselves to get over that total? Yeah, so I would probably lean on the over, but I'm, I'm if I do end up playing this game, I got a few hours left. Um, I don't want to double down on it at all with right, the over right. and Ohio State. So, um, you know, definitely if I'm picking Ohio State, I would be able to advise, you know, if you're playing the total, you really want to play the total. I'd probably just put a little bit on the to- on the over there. Um, but again, this, I think this has a makings of a little bit of a weird game just because, you know, Ohio State, they've just been very up and down this year, very inconsistent. Um, in Michigan State, they survive on trick plays. I mean, last week they had a flea flicker touchdown, their fourth of the season. That's unprecedented to have even, you know, multiple in a year, and they've had four. So, you know, they, you never know when they're going to pull out. Jay Johnson, the offensive coordinator, is going to go in his bag of tricks too. So that's something to consider. Yeah, definitely. I actually, I think I like the under then with you kind of saying that. I do think, you know, Michigan State might be struggling just a little bit offensively to move the football. Maybe one or two trick plays get homes, but I do still think uh, it's going to be a spot where 68 and a half points is a lot. Uh, so unless Ohio State, you know, really does up some of those explosive play capabilities, I do think that uh, we're going to see this game probably go under. So I think if I had to choose one bet in this matchup, uh, that's probably be that would probably be where I'm at. If not, you know, the first half under or something like that, I also think it's probably a decent play. So we will see. Let's move on. We got SEC action, Arkansas, Alabama, Alabama, 20 and a half point favorites. 58 and a half point total. So not really, you know, an egregiously high total. Uh, you know, obviously two teams we think really highly of. Uh, Alabama's second overall in our ELO rankings in the SEC. Obviously Georgia's first. Arkansas seventh in that same metric. Uh, but we still have Alabama as the best offensive team in the SEC, second best defense. So do you think that they are going to be able to cover uh, the three touchdown differential or how do you kind of see this one shaking out? Yeah, I'm not so sure that they will. I mean, as we know, you know, that Alabama offense, it has, it's been a little bit up and down, and that's because they've been allowing a significantly higher rate of pressure than they have in past years. Um, pass protection week after week just really has not been all that great, and I, I think that could be an issue in this one. So that's why I'm leaning with Arkansas. They actually got a little, a little bit when they were uh, getting 21 um, early on in the week. But that defense, you know, before with Barry Odom, it was, you know, solely a three-high safety drop-eight coverage they played back in 2020. This year, he wanted to play multiple, you know, not be the same thing week after week and change it up. Um, and he's done that. And I think this week, you know, he knows that they're not going to be able to do that three-high safety drop-eight structure just because Bryce Young, you know, for someone that is so young and inexperienced like he is, he is such a great processor. He would pick apart right. that defense. And he knows if they can get, you know, rush four, sometimes there are some blitzes in there kind of like what LSU didn't have a lot of success with it. They can get pressure on Bryce Young. I mean, when they're rushing for him more, they're eighth in pressure rated uh, generated this year. So if they do that, and I think they will, I think they should at least cover that number. All right. All right. There we go. I like that actually quite a bit. I actually lean in, I think, the same direction as you are in that matchup. So let's head out. Pac-12, you mentioned it just a little bit earlier, obviously, Oregon. Heading into Utah, three-point underdogs on the spread, 59-point total. Uh, you said that this one was basically going to shake up the college football playoff race right now. So 
are you projecting uh, the Utah Utes to not necessarily pull off the upset since the three-point favorites, but maybe uh, sh- actually shake up those rankings, uh, uh, you know, with Oregon losing here on Saturday? Yeah, I think Utah is going to win, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take them minus three there. Um, you know, Oregon, they've been sweating out these games, man, in the Pac-12, right. and these Pac-12 teams, a lot of them are not the best. Definitely not, you know, it's not the SEC of the West by any means. Um, you know, you look at what the, you know, offensively, Utah versus Oregon, Utah has clear advantage. I mean, quarterback right. Cam Rising has been fantastic, you know, since week six, which was the second uh, start since taking over the offense, he's an 89.2 PFF grade. I mean, they, Utah has the most efficient passing offense in the Pac-12s in that time span. You look at quarter, Oregon quarterback Anthony Brown, he really cannot do a whole lot in the true dropback passing game. Um, you know, he's really going to need to be helped out, if, you know, throwing the ball, but, you know, really be reliant on his athleticism, what he can do in the ground game. Um, and so I think with Utah's passing advantage, I think that they're going to be able to, you know, take care of business at home there against Oregon. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. So we have Cam, Cam rising 17th overall uh, in PFF passing grade so far this season. He has less than 1% turnover worthy play percentage. I think that's, you know, one of the best marks in college football right now. So if you are expecting Oregon to potentially need a turnover or something on the big play from their defense in order to keep pace with Utah, uh, I don't think that's going to be happening. So I definitely agree with you. Utah the play minus three all the all the prognosticators are going to say this is an upset coming here on saturday but we expect it we expect the utah utes to cover and i do think that they're definitely going to take care of business here on saturday so let's go let's go to the acc we got wake forest clemson uh clemson's four and a half point home favorites against wake forest i think the total sitting right now at uh 56 and a half so kind of a little bit lower uh than what we project normally for a wake forest matchup but uh, do you think Wake Forest is the spot to cover here uh, as the road dog? Uh, and do you like anything on the total? I like Wake Forest here. I think they they might win outright and really in that Clemson, I think it's like 31 game win streak at home. Um, you know, Clemson, I will say the defense is still a top 10 one. Brent Venables, he has not regressed any. Um, the defensive coordinator is still scheming up pressure at a high rate, receiving quality coverage on the back end. Um, you know, Mario Goodrich, outside corner, he's been a breakout player this year. Very impressed with what he's done. Um, you know, that they're seventh in yards per play allowed against opposing Power 5 offenses this year. And it's going to be a good matchup against Wake Forest offense, which is, of course, one of the most explosive in college football. I mean, you look what they've done this year. Um, you know, top three in the Power 5 in passing efficiency entering the week. Um, my concern here and why I'm leaning Wake is that I do think that that Wake offense against Clemson's defense, I think Clemson will get some stops, but I think Wake, they ultimately, they will put some points on the board. Clemson, I have no faith that they can put really a whole lot of points on the board. Um, you know, you look at what DJ Uyangalale has done, definitely been a little bit disappointing. He's a middling 64.4 pass grade for the season. Um, and, you know, that Wake Forest defense, it's nothing spectacular, but I do think that it's been, you know, just from what I've seen from other outlets, it has been dogged on just a little bit more than it probably should. They're still middle of the pack and EPA per pass allowed against other Power 5 offenses. And, of course, Clemson's passing offense just not has not been the, the typical, you know, offense that we've seen over the last few years. So I like Wake Forest in this one, getting four and a half points. Um, that's one of my top three plays of the week, actually. There we go. Yeah, it actually is one of mine as well. I had written it up, or, you know, as far as being one of my top five plays, basically. Early on, already betted. I do still think it's definitely a great play. One that, you know, maybe we wouldn't typically talk about, but a matchup that I'm really intrigued by uh, are UAB Blazers. Anytime I could talk about them on the PFF Betting Podcast, I'm going to do it. I do like their matchup here against UTSA. UTSA, obviously, a top 25 team. So I do think this is a really intriguing matchup coming up here in the group of five. 
four and a half point favorites for UTSA, uh, 53 and a half point total. I know the direction that I'm leaning, but I want to get your you know quick thoughts on this particular matchup here. Yeah, I mean, I feel like UAV has kind of been like a PFF darling for many, many right. years now. And it's right. like yeah, all their good players, they're still there. Um, right, but right. No, I, I'm leaning uh, UAV in this one. I was very, was not very impressed with UT, UTSA's performance last week against Southern Miss. I mean, heck, like, they didn't cover the number. Almost, it looked like they were going to lose that game outright there for a minute. I mean, they entered the fourth quarter tied at 17. And they were 33-point favorites. Um, you know, that offense just being very up and down. So, you know, I, I'm not too confident in that. And I think UAB's defense is a quality group of five. One, You know, it's nothing like Cincinnati's where it's one of the best in college football. But for a group of five de- team, it's a good defense. Um, and some of our metrics reflect that. So I like UAB here. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I agree with you. Plus four and a half for UAB. Uh, they have been solid defensively. I do think we kind of like them in some of our opponent-adjusted grading metrics specifically. Uh, so I definitely think they're going to be able to slow down UTSA. Uh, and if they do that, uh, I think the four and a half point cover is easily going to happen here. So we will see. That's a, definitely going to be a fun match here. We have, you know, a lot of great games, a lot of great betting opportunities. Make sure you check out pff.com slash greenline to, to get all of the best bets. I know Tresh is going to give out, you know, his favorite plays here. I will as well. But first, you got to know where you actually should be placing some of those bets. And that is at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's an official sports bet partner of the NFL. And they are going to give new customers who haven't bet yet just $1 and if you bet $1 on either team to score, you can win $100 in free bets. So getting a lot of cash, a lot of value opportunities there if you do bet at DraftKings Sportsbook. So make sure you do that. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF, bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. They score, you score with promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, min $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So let's do it. Let's do it, Tresh. Let's get the best bets here for College Football Week 12. I know I talked about a couple already. I do really like UAB plus 4.5. Wake Forest plus 4.5 as well. Two other ones that definitely jumped out to me. Uh, Boston College minus 1.5 against Florida State. And I got Old Dominion plus 3.5 or the money line. Uh, against Middle Tennessee once again. They got home for me last week. I think I'm going to go back to the well with Old Dominion. Do you like any of those spots? And what are your you know, five best bets that you've already locked in here for Week 12? Yeah, I mean, we got one of the same right there. Boston College, oh, this... minus one and a half. I, there Phil, we go. Phil Jerkovic is back, man. I mean, he right. was dealing last week. That was probably one of the most impressive performances we saw all year long. I mean, right. he led uh, Boston College to actually the third most efficient passing offense we have ever seen in the PFF college era. And that's going back to all the way to 2014 from a power five offense. Um, you know, I, I think he's taken that next step forward. And I think against this Florida state team, I think he's going to have success again. So I like Boston college there. So that's definitely out of that pack um, the way I'm leading. Another game that I also like, and I know that a lot of people will not be tuning in to this game. You'll probably never watch a second of football from either of these two teams this year, but I like Akron at home getting 13 and a half against Kent state. Why? Because I'm a sicko. And also because right. Akron has an underrated quarterback with Zach Gibson, who's, you know, went on the field this past year. This is a 92-point passing grade and nine big-time throws, only one turnover where they play. I mean, they've been, you know, a top-10 passing offense with Zach Gibson there. He's going to be leading the way going up against a Kent State defense that's really not all that good. I mean, they're 119th in PFF's uh, defensive power ranking. So, you know, I, I just think Akron, you know, they might even pull off a big upset here. I'm not going to put any, maybe a little sprinkle on the money line, but I'm not going to advocate for that. 
I, I like the spread there, them getting 13 and a half. There we go. I like that one quite a bit. I mean, I think you got to sprinkle a little bit of the money line on there, especially at home for Akron. So I do agree with you. I like, you know, the quarterback situation. I do think they're going to be able to keep pace. So we got two there. Is there any other bets that you really like uh, coming up on week 12? Yeah, I mean, I got a few others here. Um, you know, let's, Louis- let's rifle them off here quickly. Let's get after it. So. All right, I'll rifle them off. All right, all right. We got three against the spread. <laughs> Louisiana uh, getting four and a half against Liberty. Liberty, Malik Willis, of course, is great, but I think Louisiana, they're better all around team. Yoel Monroe getting 29 at LSU. Um, Oregon State at home getting three points against Arizona State. I like those three. And then some totals I like. I like the under in Notre Dame, Georgia Tech. Moving down a little bit now, 58 and a half. I like the under in Ole Miss, Vandy, 64 and a half. Uh, I like the under in New Mexico State, Kentucky, under 60. And then Purdue Northwestern, I like the over 47 and a half. Yeah, Purdue Northwestern. That one's going to be a sweat a little bit. I do agree with you. I do like the Vanderbilt under quite a bit. I even like a little bit of maybe a team total under for Vanderbilt. I think might be a decent play as well once those markets are released. But we got a lot of good ones here. We got, you know, a number of bets. We're going to be swinging for the fences here for the rest of the regular college football season. We're going to have a couple good weeks here. And I feel like this is uh, definitely the one we're going to be finished solidly in the black after last week's, you know, single performance. I think this one's going to be a home run. So I'm definitely excited about it. As always, Tresh, thank you for you know joining me on the PFF Betting Podcast. Make sure you check out all of great Tresh's great you know content he has available at PFF.com. All the great tools that we have for both NCA and NFL betting. Uh, we got the NCA Power Rankings page, so if you want to get in on some futures action, use that as well. From Ben Brown, joined by Anthony Tresh, we appreciate you guys listening to the PFF Betting Podcast. Mm-hmm.